to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 122, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we recap our wonderful day at PPCon. And we then review the new hotness in Darwin's Journey. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Hey, we still all have our voices this year. I'm That's right. I'm yes. happy about that. I was very impressed by the end of the con that you didn't actually lose your voice. On Thursday, I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. It was starting to go well, a little bit. And I thought I was going to lose my. I was about to say, I thought you were going to have a cardiac arrest. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. That Ready, Set, Bet tournament. That was uh, that was a good time. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, I missed I, it. Do you miss it? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Chad was throwing out hot jockey and this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But literally, the first time he did it, I thought Chad was going to, like, just lose it, like fall over dead because he kept rolling and he kept announcing it. And then it was, it was I hard. really <laughs> wanted, I really wanted a horse to win uh, sooner than yes. it did. <laughs> like, and at some point I'm like, Oh, come on. Don't win a horse. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> have to keep there, going. The, there, the horses kept coming up from behind and man, there was one that just stayed at the line. It was killing me, uh, but it, it was great. Uh, I should say, so, we ended up having so many people that were interested, which was great, that we probably had almost 24 participants. Like, yeah, not yeah. quite, but nice. almost 24. Yeah. So I had only one copy of the game because I had called AEG beforehand, and they were like, I'm sorry, we're sold out. We're sold out everywhere. So they had no more. So <laughs> the Saturday afternoon, I'm up at the copier, <laughs> photocopying the board and then stapling and scotch taping it pieces together. And Which great. <laughs> and, and then, and then I'm taking poker chips. So they had betting chips and putting painters tape and writing numbers on those <laughs> for like eight different sets. No, 16. Oh, it was, yeah, it was crazy, but it was totally worth it. You know why it was totally worth it? Like, Scott's niece came, which was great. Uh, and yeah. she looked like she was having, she was one of the, she was third place, I think in the whole tournament. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And she looked like she had had such a great time. And I was like, this is totally worth it just absolutely, for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we had a little bit of camera issues there to start with, nope, but, but uh, we got that figured out. And eventually, I mean, yeah, we had it all, we had it all good. It was yeah, great. Somebody figured it out. Cause there's, cause before I was like, when we were just talking, mm -hmm. I was like, eh, I don't know if he has all the pieces. <laughs> Rich and I were a little worried. We were yeah. a little worried. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it came together great. I mean, yeah, I think everybody had a blast with it. Yeah, the the nice thing, I think, was that uh, somebody showed me some of the video from it. And one of the videos, I just happened to watch it because Finn asked about it. He knew uh -huh. we were doing it. And he started laughing because... Uh, the third, the second or third race, eight one again, and so Clef and I, right after the race, go eight eight eight. eight, eight. <laughs> Just everybody's like eight again. Who is that guy? <laughs> it was yeah, pretty good. There was a second I thought he was going to come back in that final race. Yeah, you know he was starting off so late, but yeah, uh, that was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. And then we had the good old uh, Skull King tournament Ooh, on yeah. Friday. Yes, um, I had six full tables 
for that tournament. That's like, I didn't even get to play. (laughs) It was was full. (laughs) And, uh, unfortunately, uh, our champ got dethroned. Uh, Chad C went down. Uh, but we have a new champ. We do. Mr. Tony Lawhorn. Yes. The new champ. Next year, I'm going to like, I don't like get like a ring, like a skull King ring. I like for the champ. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, we'll have to see next year if uh, Tony can repeat or uh, if we'll get a new champ. I'm, I did. I'm I did like, terrible. You did my terrible? table. Yeah, I did mm. real bad. <laughs> well, you know what? What can you do? Uh, everybody, even I had a brand new table. Like I put six people that were all brand new, and I had to. So I was kind of like teaching the rules while everybody else was playing. And even my brand new table, by the time it got to the point where you could blind bid, they were blind bidding with everybody <laughs> and just having a great old time. And uh, Matt Smith, who uh, came down from Minnesota, you know, it was his first time. I mean, he was just having a blast with the game. You could just see how much fun he was having. And uh, the great news is, thanks to our lovely sponsors, the Game Shop, who supplied us with the copies for that, I was able to give away some copies to people who didn't even have the game. Uh, Also, uh, Jim from uh, Des Moines. His very first con experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was able to get him a copy and he loved School King. I know he was playing it later in the time. Yeah. Yeah, He played, uh, we played, um, we played on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. We played a game and it was funny because one of the Dan's had to go to the airport and and he, he hadn't really played the game much either, but he was having fun too. And he's just like, will you send me the scores? I go, yeah, sure. Uh, he left in round six, and he tied the winner. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just people, it shows how great of a game. It's just such a fun experience, you yeah. know I mean? Yes. Yeah, there's some skill in it, but it's just fun. And I mean, I think the blind eh, bidding just adds to it. Starting I mean, in round six, I don't know how much so, skill is in there. but uh, <laughs> You talk the to Mason. Bidding. There, He's got a book on it, all right? If you want to read the book on how to, how to bid zero and still make it when you blind bid <laughs> and you see the Skull King in your hand. <laughs> It's it's not easy, but uh, yeah. So overall, I would say success. Yeah, that was a blast. We yeah. had some great, blast. great, great, great people there. Uh, they they made the con. Yeah. I was just saying earlier, like we can have the best library, the greatest giveaways, the most fun raffles and events, but it's not anything if you don't have the people there to to spend time with. And and that's what it felt like all weekend. Like like Matt, who we who we just yeah. met for the first time, his energy was. Absolutely uh, it, it was great. totally infectious. Yeah. Oh, it was like just to have him in a game. Like yeah. he was like, all right, let's go. What are we uh, doing? I mean, I was teaching him tramways and let's just say he wasn't doing the greatest. And that auction was just killing him. Never, never a smile, never left his face. You know, yeah. he's still mm-hmm. like, this is just great. And that's, that's, that's what you're looking for. Yep. Uh, so we had, and we also had like a, a scotch exchange basically. And some people yeah. had some brews yeah. that, uh, that they brought from their necks of the woods, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Also, uh, you know, two of our very favorite punch bunch, uh, the Schmidtkins, they mm. brought their oh, signature, gosh. like they brought honey, right. Or was it syrup for the raffle? Honey and syrup. Yeah. Yep. Honey and and then they yeah. brought like huge things of, oh. of, they call it dark and milk schmocklet because yeah. they made the chocolate mm-hmm. i was like and i had some to take and, and share with my wife right to be yeah. really nice and uh-huh. she's like could you please stop calling Not- it schm- <laughs> schmock- <laughs> schmocklet oh, no. she, she's like i just don't like that name it sounds gross <laughs> like, well, my kids loaded up on it yeah it was good there, so it was so good and obviously the, the the syrup and the honey are just amazing and so uh, yeah, we had a little raffle that uh, they gave away some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Cassie was the one who won that, so mm. she was super excited. And then uh, 
We also had, which was so nice, uh, Melissa Fort made these really cool shadow boxes that had Punch Bunch in there. And she gave us five of them to give away in the raffle, which was just tremendous. And I already know, I mean, I know, Richie, you're you're buying buying one one for her. And so, yeah, so... Yeah, um, if anybody cool. was interested in that, I know she's she's able to make some more. So they're they're really she can make them as like little eight by eights all the way up to I think it was like fifteen by fifteen maybe I don't know. And I, well, I know she put the information in our Slack channel. So if you're yep. oh, okay. on Slack and go in there and she'll okay perfect and get right. connected with her. And uh, yeah, the so. Kim one one she already showed where they dis- they displayed it in their yeah. in their room right. as yeah. well. Trish yeah. brought us a beautiful. Punch board paradise cookie. Cookie yeah. cake, yeah. Yes. Silene's cookies. I'll tell you the only bad part about the raffle is we had the the big item raffle was our Age Esteem that was generously donated from uh Randall from the CEO of Eagle Griffin Games. Oh, with and all those maps. Right, with all three map map packs. So it was huge. And we drew for it. And I mean, our good friend Andrew won it, but as I handed it to him, he goes, all right, the inferior train game. And I was about to be like, you don't get this. Uh, <laughs> that was a good dig, though. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it, was, it was about it was perfect. Good. It was about perfect. Well, because I think, didn't you say, Andrew, right? Like when you called his name. Yeah. So he was, he didn't even expect it. He took a long time to step up because he just wrote his last name, last yeah. name on the, on the thing. So he was like, yeah. yeah. So he, <laughs> he did not expect to hear his first name. And so he's like, oh, oh. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was perfect. But yeah. Andrew, obviously, he runs the 18xx and actually he yeah. he taught some uh taught some new people and we we got in some plays uh, of some 18xx i got yeah. plays with uh, james from dads on a map yeah that was, awesome. that was awesome james came up and yeah. uh scott bird who scott, we had yeah. met in uh and Con. they both came up and uh as far as i can tell i think they both had a great weekend so yeah. and then they they were like and james was kind of like yeah i'm gonna steal some things for yeah. uh, for my con <laughs> that's, you know, this is, uh, that's great absolutely so okay well and, and chad i see you're kind of you know itching at here really maybe to get started with our you know kind of our top five uh games or kind of experiences from pbcon why don't uh why don't you start off why don't you give us our your number five okay well i will say um i think my number five was actually heat pedal to the metal uh, this is nice. a days of wonder game and, uh, our friend, Tony, who won the tournament, he basically taught this to a bunch of groups. I asked him specifically. And so he was nice enough to teach it a second time, uh, to us on Sunday. And we played with a big group. Uh, it was, it was pretty fun. We had, basically we had the normal decks, but then we also got some upgrades and we played on the Italy track. And what you're doing is you're playing cards to go a certain speed based on the gear that you've put your car in. But you also have an engine that has heat cards in it, and you can spend cards out of that engine to kind of overheat, basically, and go around a corner at a greater speed than you're really supposed to. So in, a, in other words, I'm playing out more cards or a higher number out of my hand, and I'm going out around the track in a higher number and I don't take the curve very carefully, then I have to spend heat out of my engine. And sometimes it can be worthwhile, but if you spend all the heat you have from your engine or you draw a card from your hand that you have to play, that's a high number and, and, and you have no more heat in your engine, you spin out completely and you have to go back and you start in first gear, which means you start with playing one card from your hand, which can be, you know, it can, it can set you back. 
But being in last place, there's a catch-up mechanism where you can always move one spot forward if you're the furthest back in the pack. So anyway, we had some special cards that we didn't draft because, I mean, nobody knew how to play the game except Tony. And so we had some special cards added to our deck that gave us different powers. Well, we were screaming around the track and about the... it was. It was three laps and about two and a half in, Michelle, our friend Michelle, who uh, we talk about all the time on the podcast, she's great. She started to take the lead and she was really trying to push it out. And then one of our friends, Dan from Austin, he basically was trying to catch her, but couldn't quite do it. Couldn't quite do it. And at the last point, she crossed the finish line. He was next. And she played. he played a card that was an RPM card. So it was basically a plus, plus, plus. And so that means he got to play three more cards from it. So he was like, there's no way I can't. I've spent, look at all these cards. I can't. And then he flipped one. He flipped another one and was like, ah, and then forgot that he hadn't flipped the third one. And we were like, no, 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 wait, you've got one more. And he flipped it over and he passed her. And we were like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like threw up the cards from the table. And Michelle was like, oh my God, (laughs) it was, it was perfect. That's what you want from a game. It was a great stand-up moment, and we had a blast. Plus, Dan, Dan and I were like cruising around. Dan Smith and I were cruising around and, and back, going, you know, basically doing dirt spinouts with our foam fingers out the window of the race cars, <laughs> just screwing around. <laughs> so we were having a good time. Uh, you mean Dan? Dan from Cincinnati, not not Austin, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, uh, I have not at no all. idea where I, I got. I don't the know where you got that from either. That he was from Cincinnati. I'm I'm sorry to our good friend Dan. Uh, he is from Austin, not from Cincinnati. So anybody who I told that to, just ignore. <laughs> <it>. so. <laughs> no, I enjoyed Heat quite a bit. Tony uh, taught. I was in a six-player game of that, and easy rules teach. Just a great racing family mm. weight game. I'm, I'm going to definitely pick it up. It's yeah. exactly what I want it to be. He actually told me that he likes Charioteer better. Tony I know did. he. Yeah, he did say that to me because yeah. um, I saw him playing it. I cannot remember who he was playing it with, but I walked up sure. and just checked in on it uh, with him and he's like yeah he's like cleft didn't like this did he i was like no i don't think he did but i don't know maybe Man, let's all be honest i played a six-player game with my family so maybe it was a little <laughs> and it took know. like three and a half hours yeah, right. if he right. took three and a half hours i wouldn't be having any fun I either know. well anyway so I, that's true i didn't get a play of that heat i would have liked to that it sounds like it's a good time so. yeah the, the key is because i had played it once before we had we had one or two rules wrong and then we were just playing super vanilla which yeah i think if you're at a certain level, you need to you need to put some of the special cards in because it soups it up. So gotcha. we had fun. That's my number five. What about you, gentlemen? Well, I'll tell you my number five. And so this is more of an experience in the game. So on, I actually played Woodcraft twice over the weekend. Okay. Uh, one time Cameron and Brandy asked uh, Missy and I to play it. And so, and I hadn't, Missy hadn't played it either. So I taught him. Probably wasn't a good idea to start at one in the morning to teach them. So that was, you know, that wasn't good. (laughs) But the real play that I want to talk about is the next day, Ben Corberly, you know, who, uh, for anybody who doesn't know yet, did make it to the con. And, uh, well, that's a whole nother story. But anyways, um, he's like, hey, can we play Woodcraft? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he was talking to Joe Farrell about playing a game. And he said, I either want to play Woodcraft or I want to play La Familia. And both Joe and I are like, well, we're like maybe... 80% 80% on the rules of law familia because we haven't played it in so long. So he's like, okay, can we do woodcraft? And Joe kind of is like a sure. So then uh, we grabbed somebody else and we're playing. Um, oh, Philip uh, came and we were playing woodcraft. And at some point, you know, I can, 
I've played enough games with Joe when I know if he likes a game or if he doesn't. And I could absolutely tell he was being tortured by this game, right? <laughs> and I remember at some point I said something to Joe. I said, yeah, you really don't like this. And Joe goes, no, this is the best of these terrible games of the ones that I've played or something. Like, basically, <laughs> it's bad, but it's the best of the bad ones that I have played is what he kind of said. Um, let's just say... Referencing Vladimir Suhi. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, let's just say... Uh, I mean, it was actually more fun to me just watching Joe just be tortured through the game than the game itself was right. like secondary. <laughs> I'm sorry for that, Joe. I'm sure Ben was very happy. I think Ben liked it, and I think Philip both liked it. So I think they liked it. But uh, yeah, Joe, not for him. Well, so you enjoyed that part of it, I guess. I thought you were going to talk about Woodcraft, your play at one in the morning, which was Cameron trying to suss oh. out the rules when your wife didn't want to be taught. I forgot. Okay. There's too many. I forget them. Okay. So my wife like yours, does not like a rules teach. She will yawn and fall asleep, okay? So she is always, so anytime I teach her a game now, I literally will just be like, okay, it's your turn. Here are some options. That's how she likes to be taught a, a Euro game, obviously, okay? Well, so she, we're, we're sitting down and Cameron, and for those of you who don't know Cameron, he's, he's a little bit of a jokester, but Missy goes, can we just play and not do a rules teach? And Cameron goes, what do you mean not do a rules teach? He's like, okay. He picks up the four little cubes that you use just to kind of mark your thing with or whatever. And he rolls them like dice. And then he <laughs> takes the the woodcraft spinner and like spins it three things. and goes, all right, I scored 20 points. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the floor. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> so like, all right, your turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was, that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> All, All right, right, Richie, beat yep. that. Yeah. Oh, I can't beat that. <laughs> My number five, uh, I mean, it was a great experience. I played with Corey, uh, Josh, and Mason. Uh, and this was the end of Friday night. And we were just at this, like this, I think this was my last game of the night. And we were all kind of spent. And we just wanted something simple. And Mason was like, I can do it like a trick taker. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I can do a trick taker. And uh, James from Dads on the Map overheard us say that. And he's like, oh, have you guys played Tricky Time Crisis? And we're like, no, we haven't played that one yet. And he was like, oh, it's on Kickstarter right now. And he had the he had the game, but he was in the middle, I think, of John Company, some some big game. And he's like, I, I can't teach you the rules, and there are no rules in there. But you can take it, and you should be able to find the rules online, uh, which we did. We did find them on BGG. And... In Tricky Time Crisis, it's a it's a superhero. I hate. I'm not gonna lie. I hate the, the name of the game, and I hate <laughs> the name of the superheroes and the villain in the game. But <laughs> hate everything about the game about except, except for the game. game. I do enjoy the game, <laughs> but the um, it's a trick taking game where you cannot follow suit. The way that it works is every hand you are essentially determining someone's going to be this the the villain, and then the other. Well, we played a four player game. The other uh, three people are going to be the superheroes. And whenever, whoever leads off the trick, they can play whatever card they want. And then after that, you can play anything except for the, the suit that was played. And then at the end, once everyone's played out, you're going to add up the hero of all the, or you're going to add up the value of all the heroes and compare it to the supervillain. And if the villain, if the villain won, they can take uh, zero, one or two cards to add to their score pile. And then all the heroes must take a card from the trick. And if the heroes won, they may or may not take a card if they want to and add it to the score pile. 
the way scoring works is that you will score each suit that you have in front of you. If you only have one card in the suit, then you'll score the face value. And the like the villain cards went, I think the highest was 34 around there. So you could get 34 points off of it. But if you take a second villain card or with any of them, if you take another card in that suit, then every card is only worth two points in that in your score pile for that uh, particular suit. So the four player game, we played a five player game the next day uh, mm -hmm. with Clef and PC. I like the four player game, I think, is where it kind of sings. The, the five player game was I don't know. It wasn't Couldn't, as much. Feel like you could, yeah, stick yeah. people with cards. Yeah. Like we were Corey, especially was just screwing people over left and right. <laughs> we were playing the four player game, uh, but it, it was a great game. I think it's still got. By the time this episode comes out, I think you'll still have like three days left to to back it if you want to. But I think it was like twenty five bucks. Uh, I, I I went ahead and backed I was it. Say you backed it. That's good enough. for yeah, so, I'll get to play. So, so, right. so, there we go. Yeah, and I even think Tim backed it as well because we, we taught Tim the next day too. So okay, nice, nice. tricky, yeah. tricky time crisis. time crisis. Kickstarter yeah. on Kickstarter, Kickstarter. Okay. on Kickstarter. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I saw you guys playing that, and actually I had heard about it too. So yeah, it seems like you'd want to you'd want to be on the winning team, obviously, because a lot of times you'd want to pass, so you didn't have to take a yes. second card of a yep. suit you already had. That's yep. that's what you're wanting to do. Yeah, my only complaint was that the special cards all looked yellow, so I thought I always had a yellow. You're the only one who had an issue with the special cards. I did hear, though, that some of those suits are, like, yellow, less yellow, and, like, some other... Thank you, Chad. appreciate that. I did hear about there, that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's one card in each suit that has a special power, Okay, and it has, like, a kind of, like, gold yellowish yeah. border Ye yellowish yellowish you make, you say that you're yellowish. I don't know. it was very easy to determine which was a special card I, we didn't have any issue okay. well, uh, except for I, I didn't understand the game i think to start with so i was like this kind of sucks <laughs> and then by the time i understood it it was it was way too late i think it, i would think it was we were heading to lunch or something yes, and i you, remember <laughs> i just threw my hand down and i'm like i'm not scoring I, you know i was like i'm out <laughs> we scored it for you and, and uh I lost. Yes. No, you did oh, lose, but yeah. Mason came in last, so there, oh, that should make you happy. There we go. All right, awesome. All right, all right, Chad. What else did you have? So another game of the con, and I had just gotten mine, but uh, we played Jason Brent's copy, I think, or maybe uh, somebody else played with his copy. But Stationfall from Ion Games, yeah. uh, and we played that, and he had painted his minis so they looked like the cards, basically which is really nice. So you could kind of tell who you had anyway, if you yeah. could see the cards on the table, which was great. But Stationfall, I mean, really that game is like, it's more more about an experience. Uh, you, you're just trying to maybe make stuff work out and win, but your first turn is always going to be try to grab the, the, you know, the compromising uh, stuff that you have on other people, basically, so you can get extra moves later on. So you're always trying to do that first. And then, basically, you're going to go around the horn and, and you know, just hope that somebody isn't screwing up your last turn. I think, Richie, did, did, did we play once where you got a helmet on and you were going to move out the airlock because you had a jetpack and then somebody... You hadn't declared yet, but somebody mm. knew who you. It was pretty obvious that it was towards the end of the turns, and it was pretty obvious that we <laughs> knew that Richie was this guy, even though he hadn't declared. So somebody else took control of that character, and then just had Richie take his helmet off and throw it outside the airlock. Yep. <laughs> so then, I can't remember what character it was. Yeah, I played the game great. twice. Yeah, uh, this weekend. But yes, there was <laughs> the, constantly people screwing with you. So. It, and this is also on my list. This is my number two. So I'll just join you here as far as talking about it. But the next game that we played, uh, <laughs> I had the the security robot was one of my 
It was my second character. It wasn't my, my main character. I was AI for my main character. Pretty quickly, I realized I'm not scoring any points from AI. So I had to switch. <laughs> I was going to switch to my second character. When the security bot just wants kind of order and to make sure that, you know, anyone who's evil is put down on the ship or if Project X, which is just a, a big monster potentially, is put down on the ship as well. Tim had the billionaire and he wants his dog rescued. Yep. And he kept taking my robot. He got a, he got a gun. He got a jetpack, and then he picked up that dog, and he was going to fly out the airlock yep. and get that dog to safety. And it just kept annoying me because I wanted my I needed my robot in a certain spot, yeah. and he just kept moving it just to pick up that damn dog. Yeah. And I then I would take back over the security robot, and I would throw the dog down the <laughs> corridor. And then at one point I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to try to throw this dog out of the airlock because <laughs> I'm just tired of it. So then I just revealed so that he could no longer take over my uh, character. And I chucked that dog and that dog died on the ship. Uh, that was so bad. <laughs> I had that same problem because I played that character later. And like I kept trying. I was like, would you stop throwing my dog? Like, I, And they're like, what's is Chad that guy? Like, what's what's he? I, and I, I tried to play it off. You know, I was trying to like Billy Madison and like, no, you got a responsibility. You grab that freaking dog. <laughs> but uh, I, there was one point I was playing some game and I remember somebody goes, uh, Oh, Richie just said, how do I turn the lights off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of that. So like uh, people with a very serious voice going, okay, so I can't bludgeon Richie. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, no, it was a fun game. Yeah. It was good for the con because you were just, you, there were so many stories that came out of it. Yeah. I remember, I think Aaron's character actually got back down to earth, but the project X that was revealed was a death ray. And so they zapped him from earth. He died. <laughs> he was, wasn't safe at the end. Was was that the most played game at the con? I can't remember. There was something else that got a lot of plays. No, I think. I mean, we'll I probably know. talk about that later on my list. But okay. the one that I think was the most played. Okay. All right. But. All right. Very good. So, well, my number four is going to be. Um, I I didn't get to play Skull King this weekend, which I was a little sad about. But I did get to play Mino Dice, which is. Skull King, the dice game. Um, talk about not having as much control over things. <laughs> this is, uh, it's basically just like Skull King. You have a, what they call the Minotaur, which is, you know, the, there's only one minute and it's a dice, dice game. And there's a one of those. And then there's a couple of pirates. And then there's a couple of mermaids called different things. I can't remember what the exact names were. And then there were just suits. There was no like uh, Trump suit or anything like that. Um, and it, once again, is whoever starts, they could lead with whatever they want to. And then you had to follow suit, but you could still play a special just like normal, but you never, you rolled the dice when it was time to roll the dice. It wasn't like you rolled the dice and then we're like, oh, okay, well I'll play this one now strategically. And even like the, the, you know, the pirates or, or the minotaur, they all had one side that was a flag. So you could be like, okay, I'm ready to win this trick and you roll it. And then you rolled the flag and then you didn't win it. So it was it was very chaotic and it was uh, more just like a, just a hooting and hollering fun mm -hmm. and rolling the dice. Uh, I still really enjoyed it. Um, I think there's a publisher over in Japan or something that has it. And I told Tim he was going to try to order it from the guy. And I told Tim, I said, you know, just grab like four copies of it or something, yeah. you know, we'll so certainly easily be able to sell them or whatever. So hopefully we'll, we'll get a copy of it. But 
it was a blast. It was also uh, James from Dads on a Map. He was the one who brought that. And uh, that was just, uh, just, just a fun little experience. I mean, it didn't take long. Probably, I mean... Less than a half an hour for sure. Yeah. So uh, you have the skulking, you can pull the skulking die and you're going to try to choose how many tricks you're going to get, but then you could still not roll the skulking. (laughs) Yeah. And it happened to me a couple of times where I had like Mm -hmm. a pirate die and I just would roll a flag and it was just like, are you kidding me? Okay. I guess I'm going to that one. (laughs) But then everybody's cheering and hooting and hollering. It's a a good time. It was was really fun. So yeah. Because you guys didn't get to play it, right? Because I I don't know. No, I did. You you, did. Okay. All right. So that's a game that actually like when I was ordering a bunch from, uh, Germany back in the day that I remember when that popped up and it, it the they have just called Skull King the dice game and it had the old art or the, uh-huh. the good art okay yeah yeah but I good never art. picked it up yeah oh, wow that's crazy for you yeah oh, okay but my number four uh, we played Dark Moon we played a seven play seven player <laughs> game of Dark Moon and um, and I have not played a like a hidden trader type game in a while. And we got Tom to play, Tom Falvo to, to play with us. And he was like, it's not really my type of game, but he's like, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And round two, everyone was convinced that Tom was infected. And yeah. Dark Moon is just the it's the reskin of uh, Battlestar Galactica Express, which is just a streamlined version of Battle, Battlestar Galactica. And in the game, you're going to be, you're trying to, there's like three systems that you're trying to keep up and running if you're a human or if you're uninfected. And if you're infected, obviously you're just trying to tank it. Uh, But the main mechanism in the game is when you go to contribute to fixing those systems, you have to roll dice behind your screen. And then you have to submit a die from behind the screen. And the dice for the most part are terrible. All, all, almost all the dice are terrible. They only have two positive sides and the rest are negative. Uh, and the negative just brings down whatever system that you're working on. So even if you're uninfected, you can have a bad roll die. And a lot of times you do. So when you roll it and all you can do is submit one die, but obviously no one can see your dice uh, because you have it behind a screen. So they just have to trust that you're telling the truth that you didn't roll any positives. So round, come run round two, I was convinced everyone was convinced that Tom was infected. So we, I, I, we took a vote to try to throw him in quarantine that failed somehow. That should have been a sign that something was wrong at that point. Uh, then pretty soon, Tim, we knew Tim was infected. So we got him into quarantine and then I had been trusting Tony was on my right, uh, on my right. And I 100% knew Tony was good. Like I, I trusted Tony. Mm. And then at some point, um, Dan got to look at my card. So he knew I was human and he didn't do anything weird after that. So I knew that Dan was human. So I knew Dan was safe. And then we were pretty sure Jeff was good to go. So I thought the infected, so it was a seven player game. So there's three infected and then the rest of us are uninfected. So I thought the infected were Tom, Tim and Patrick was playing with us. And <laughs> at one point, Tom could have won the game for the infected. And when it got to him, because they can reveal, because he wasn't in quarantine, so he can reveal that he's infected. He gets a special power that can like really tank your systems. And he didn't do it. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> and then it gets around to Tony, and Tony does this like tentacle mouth thing and just makes this big reveal. <laughs> and uh, they, I mean, they completely, I fooled you. They, they, they completely fooled me. Wow. Um, and then it turned out Tom was good the oh. entire time, but it, it was a blast. Uh, Did Tom have fun? 
Yeah, he, he definitely had fun. It, it, it was fun having him in the game, even though we accused him pretty early and every, I mean, everyone, <laughs> even the, the infected players are like, oh, yeah, I was quite confident that Tom was one of us. <laughs> like, that's why the when we tried to throw him in quarantine, that vote failed because all the infected players thought he was good and they passed <laughs> and they kept him out. <laughs> but, that's great. But yeah, it was, it was a great game. And I wasn't wasn't expecting. Uh, I mean, I was going to have fun no matter what, but I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, so Dark Moon was my number four. How does that stand up to, because I know, don't you have the, or at least it was on the agenda maybe to have the um, the Cthulhu version of BGG, or B, sorry, the C- C- Cthulhu version. Oh, Unfathomable? Of, yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would play Dark Moon over Unfathomable. Just Unfathomable and Battlestar Galactica are just too long for what they are for me. And, and this gives you the exact same feel in like an hour mm. to 90 minutes, so. Nice. Perfect. Okay. Well, uh, I guess my third favorite memory, I don't know. I was a little bit traumatized, but um, I learned Euchre for the first time this weekend. (laughs) Uh, And so that was good. I got to play Euchre with Richie and the Schmidtkins. And uh, yeah, it's always intimidating learning these old card games because people have played them forever. So when you don't know what you're doing, it's almost worse. You almost sure. panic more because like you feel like this is not a really difficult card game. Like everybody talks about this card game. People who aren't necessarily gamers play this card game. Why, you know, so don't F it up. But um, I was partners with Aaron and we were getting really, really close to the end. Uh, and we almost would have had it maybe if I would have played the right card, but uh, but we didn't. And basically Kim and Richie won. But I I could tell Aaron was really unhappy because we were so close. If we just scored one point, we were going to be in the barn. And and Aaron really wanted me to have to milk his thumbs. I I honestly think Chad set this up. Because it came to a point where it was 8-8. So we both had eight points. And if you euchre, so if, if they call the bid and then they don't get it, the other team gets two points. And then that just ended the game. No one got into the barn. And I think that was Chad's plan the entire time. <laughs> he wanted to stay away from <laughs> he was the I did. I, I really did. But when I saw Aaron, like Aaron was just so disappointed. I was like, Aaron and Kim are like 50% of the con. I can't not, you know. So then I was like, all right, Aaron, I'll milk your thumbs. So we have photographic evidence. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that's always great getting in a game with them. So yes. That was memorable for me. Well, I'm going to go with my number three, definitely as, you know, this is uh, one thing I will say over the course of the weekend, I got in five of my top five games. When you do that, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, I got in Great Western Trail. I got in uh, Clinic. I got in uh, Age of Steam on my own map that I created, which was kind of fun. And then I got in Nations. And then finally, the one I'm going to talk about right now, I got in great tramways and yes i love this game but i also really love introducing this game to new players and i got to play this uh with uh you know with uh, well i got to play with brandon who had come up from kansas city um and then also pc and then pat and then also scott who came up from kansas city and it was you know it's it's when you first teach people tramways, it's kind of like, okay, you're doing this. And then you see, you got these bad cards here and then we're going to have this auction. And it's like, you tell them 
this auction is really punishing, but until you're really doing the auction, you just don't realize how punishing it is. And I think the reason I enjoyed the game so much is even when people were doing bad and it was, things weren't going well, it still was a fun time. Like they were still just enjoying it and they were getting into it and PC kind of ran away with it at some point. But I mean, I think it was still, everybody just had a good time with it. And I, and I, I love introducing that. And, and boy, I mean, that auction is just, it's just perfect. Especially when you're playing like at a high player count, when you're playing like at four or five, there's just nothing better than the tramways auction. So, I mean, I just, I'll remember that. And, you know, and some of the first games I got to play with other people, just, just amazing. So, yeah. So that would be my number three would be good old tramways. Nice. Very good. Uh, my number three is Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space, a game that I have bought and sold twice, and I'm on the verge <laughs> buy it again. of buying buy it, it again. a third time. Buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play this one, and I just couldn't time it out right. Because- I know, yeah. We were trying to get, track you down for this one. And this one I played twice. Um, so Tim brought this because I, I had said something to Tim a long time ago about how you know I had bought, it, bought and sold it twice without ever playing it. So I bought the original version, which was just on paper and a tiny box. And then they released uh, Osprey Games, released a deluxe version of the game with nice dry erase uh, flip boards that had multiple maps on them and got rid of that, too, because I was like, it's just never going to get played. <laughs> but it's a it's a hidden movement game where you're on a ship and uh, we played a seven player game. So in a seven player game, there are four aliens that are trying to eat the humans and there's four humans that are trying to get out of the uh, get out through these escape pods that are in uh, the corners and so the aliens start on one or one part of the map and the humans start on the other and the humans as a human you can move one space per turn and the way that the it's just a a, just like a gridded map Um, and there are white spaces and then there are gray spaces if you go into a white space that's considered a a silent sector so you don't have to you just say silent sector that's the end of your turn uh, and then there's the gray spaces. And if you go into a gray space, you have to draw a card from the deck. And there are three different types of cards. There are white cards, which are items, which only the humans can use. So if you draw one of those, you just say silent in all sectors. Uh, there are red cards, which uh, just show like a footprint on there, meaning that you made a noise. So uh, there are red cards and green cards. Uh, with the red cards, you have to tell the truth on where you are. Once again, though, no one can see what card you have. Uh, so, you know, if you draw that red card, you have to say, you know, J O nine and like, that's where you actually are. So everyone's taking notes, uh, through it. And if you draw a green card, you can say any sector that you want. So we're all basically like on our, on our boards, we had like our true route. And then we had like a, a, um, a decoy route essentially that we were as the humans that we were coming up with. And. The, the second game that we played with this, the forts joined us, so Melissa and Nate, and we we were, my decoy route was going along with whatever Melissa was saying, and I kind of thought she was human at first, and then all of a sudden, Tim just gave, it was like G09, and like three of us said that we were at G09, and all of a sudden, Nate reveals that he's an alien, he said, I'm, a, I'm attacking G09. And that was my fake. So I wasn't there. Tim wasn't there, but Melissa was there and Melissa was an alien. So when the, when the, when the uh, aliens eat a human, that human becomes alien and they start over and then they can go out and try to track down the other humans. Uh, 
when an alien eats another alien, they're out. They're out of the game. (laughs) (laughs) So he eliminated his wife pretty quick in the game. (laughs) And it is a silent game. Like no one's like, because you're just you're just focusing on your on your your board. You're trying to figure out where people are. You're taking notes. It's a very silent game. Very stressful as a human as well, because you're trying to get to because the other thing with this is once you get to an escape pod, you have to draw a card. You have a to start the game. You have a one in five chance of uh, there. They all just show a console. If it's green, you're good. You can go out that uh, escape pod and you're done. If it's red, that escape pod failed. And now you have to go somewhere else. But out now, obviously, everyone knows where you're at. But once you go also when you go out on an escape pod successfully, that also closes it down. So that happened to Tim. He got screwed because um, uh, Adam got out of the same escape pod that he was going for. So then he had to try to book it back to the other side. It, it, very unique game. Like I said, it, it is it's not going to be for everyone because it is super. It, I mean, it's I don't know. I like I, I think Clef would hate this type of game. It's just mm. it's all hidden movement and you're I don't know. But it, it, it was fun, though. It, it was a great experience, and I'm probably going to buy it again. <laughs> I will play it. I will wow. play it. So I'm up when you get third it. Third time to play it. All right. Well, I mean. It was good. Yeah. All right. That sounds awesome. All right. What do you got more now, Chad? Uh, well, of course, uh, this list would not be complete if I did not uh, get to play a an 18XX at, at the con. And I did. It was uh, Andrew, Dan, Detroit Dan, actually, and James. And uh, so we all played uh, The Old Prince, 1871. And so basically in that game has some really interesting auctions. Uh, Basically, this is the one that I've talked about before where somebody puts something up for an auction and then the the two people around get to bid on it. And if neither of them take it, then the other person left has to buy it. So that's always really interesting. Um, And that just kind of goes around the horn. Well, at the end of the, the the first auction, James ended up with the Union Bank, which means he gets stocks and he runs that Union Bank. And so basically he's going to get all that added income. So the player who usually gets the Union Bank wants to slow play it because they can just keep making money and milking that bank. But uh, he and I shared ownership of the peer, which the peer is a company that just starts to run things at first and has all these stations. And as other companies get opened, they take the spot of the peer on the map and the peer starts to go away. So we shared that. And I kind of got into uh, early into a company in the middle that the peer was running and he had a company right up above me. And I knew he was going to try to token me out or token my next company out, and I didn't want him to have access to that. So the route that ran north to his company, there were two, there were there was a tight basically, and then it could have I could have upgraded to run to his city. Instead, I made it two tights when I upgraded it, <laughs> which basically two tights where they join in the middle. Well, James goes, Oh man, you gave me the butt. I can't believe you just because the tile. I mean, two yeah. tights. Just he goes, How, that is mean, Jacobson. He goes, I love it, but that's mean. You gave me the butt, and so then for the rest of the game, I and I, I was so close to winning it, and he pulled it out because I couldn't open another company because somebody else went ahead of me and took that tranche. You're only able to. There are only certain number of spots each round or each phase that you could open companies. And so I just was not able to maximize that. And he pulled ahead right in the end, but it was, it was a great game and uh, we had a lot of laughs with it. So 
And this is the print and play one? Yeah. Is that correct? This, yeah. Some that it might come out as as not, but I think the print and play is your best bet at this point. Mm. And uh, I just need to build up my print and play skills. Uh, Dan's was that Dan's copy, right? Or was that a different game that he showed that us? That was that was James's copy, I believe, or oh, okay. either James's or Andrew's. Who both of them have that. But Dan has eighteen eighty, no eighteen twenty eight, which is his favorite. That's a J.C. Lawrence one, and that was print to play, and that was solid. I mean, yeah, he, he just, took great pride in that in yeah, that thing. That just looked like a published game. Yeah, yeah, oh, it wow. was good. Nice. So yeah, that was my second favorite. All righty. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I'm kind of deciding here. I played a couple of games that uh, one being one of my favorites, and then I played a new game. And uh, I, I think I'll talk about the new game just simply because you know it was a new game to me. And we got. I'm sure we got a lot of Feld lovers out there. So I got to play Marrakesh. So. Um, our uh, Jeremy brought uh, Marrakesh with him and, uh, you know, cause uh, we didn't have a copy of that and I got to get a play in with him and uh, my friend Serge. And then Josh came over and played a four player game with that. And this game is, you know, it's a pretty typical Feld where you're, you have these little uh, cylinder things. They almost look like the little things you move around and Trajan around the wheel, but um, you're drafting these and then you're inserting them into this board. I mean, the colors in this game are beautiful. I mean, Queen did a really nice job. I mean, it looks, looks beautiful, but it's just a big, giant board that you're inserting these into different actions. And then you just have three workers, but you have to program those workers before you draft these little... They're cylinders. called Keshis, yeah. Keshis, yes. I was like, I couldn't remember what the name was. Um, and then, like I said, so you're inserting them there. And if like if you can't take an action, you can at least then go get one of those Keshis. But, um, and then you try to make actions better and better. And as we're going, Josh and I were kind of, uh, we're kind of neck and neck, like, uh, you know, out in front and we were both going after the go down the river strategy or whatever. And Josh had been beating me at the river each round. And this last round I had done something like to bolster myself. And so I was able to pass the finish line first. And it was one of those where Josh all of a sudden looks up and goes, how'd you get to the finish line already? You know, and I was like, ha So it had a little bit of, you know, um, I mean, not much interaction, obviously it was just kind of a, you get to the spot first. Um, you know, I don't think this is particularly a, a Feld game. You know, I, I think for my most part, Feld is not exactly on the top of my list, but I think if you're a Feld fan, I, I really think this is a good one. Uh, someone told me that Edward from heavy cardboard really liked this game. Now, I don't hmm. know. I, I have not verified that, so uh, I, I did not do my research on that, but we'll, we'll say he does. But I would say if you're a Feld <laughs> fan, I think this was de- is definitely worth um, picking up and, and, and getting a copy because it looks beautiful, plays fast, it's a very quick game. I would mm-hmm. say, too, though, if you're considering it, that it's not a game from I've heard from multiple sources, including this weekend. It's not a game you want to play with two people. So if that's your main audience, okay. it's not as fun with two. Ah. It's more interesting when you have multiple Keshis to put into the cube tower and then they come out and that's how you draft. It was it's, a, it's, uh, so there is a it's a like a tower and you dump these in there. And there's like a, I think maybe two of the Keshis got stuck the entire time and you're doing this like every single round, but it's like one of them could get caught. I'm not sure if somebody said, Hey, the tower thing was really cool on America. Let's do it again. And he said, okay, I don't know. Seemed a little 
tacked on tacked almost on, on there. Okay. I just did not think that that part was almost irrelevant. I mean, it was almost hmm. just toss them in there and then you put them out there to draft them. I didn't even notice if one didn't come out or not. So, um, and if you like those little cylinder things, well, this is a game for you to get because there are <laughs> hundreds of those things yep. that are in the game. <laughs> I almost backed this while we were in Marrakesh. Just I, don't, I was just on Kickstarter board, so I'm glad I didn't. Though, I mean, because I, I don't think I'm the target audience. No, for this one. No, no. I mean, especially you. I mean, you you stopped liking Feld long before Chad and I did. So yeah. I, I think you're you're definitely you know I I'd be interested to hear what Bryce uh, Bryce Ann has you know has to say about this one. Uh, Richie, what about you? Uh, my number two oh. was Station Fall, which we already talked about. Yeah, wonderful. All right, now Chad, you've been itching to talk about this game. Ah, this was the game I got shut out of, <laughs> even since there was an open spot. Oh, uh, I even. Oh, if this is what I'm thinking is, I yeah. I mean, I didn't get to play this. I got to s- sit there for a couple minutes, and then we went to lunch. Well, and I, <laughs> you got to I play returned. it more than I did. This when is true. I wanted to play it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Andrew shut me out. I know he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> We played a spotter, the best spotter game you've never played. Wow. That's what I would call it. Wow. Uh, okay. It is called Greed Incorporated. This came out, I think, in the 90s. I'm not doing my math. Uh, I don't know. I'll but, look it up while you're talking about thank it. Thank you. Uh, but it has been out for quite a long time. It's very hard to get a hold of. Uh, the setting is that you are horrible people running a very big company. I was Bernie Bernard Madoff, basically. And, you know. Uh, specializing in Egyptian tombs. There's a Loman brothers or something like that. You know, they're all like, there's a Zenron. Um, so there are a whole bunch of companies that were really bad and nasty and you're running a corporation. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be a little bit in depth with how this game plays. Uh, it, it can be edited or not, but I, I just want to give you, cause I just loved it so much. I thought it was perfect. So at the beginning, you're going to choose a card from your hand, okay? This card is going to go into your corporation. You only have four spots in your corporation, but it's going to go into your corporation that you have sitting in front of you. And you are either going to produce something or you're going to use another material you can get to produce something, process something, basically, is what it is, okay? So you're going to choose that. You're going to put it out. You're going to put it with your token on there. And then we have to adjust the price of the goods because all these goods are things that get made in the game. And that gets uh, on the price trend track because not only do these cards that go out do something in your corporation, but they have a little tag like clothes go up or uh, sand goes down or move two spots, you know, and so you're constantly making the market in flux. So you might play a card not just because it does something you want to do, but also, yeah, exactly. Yep. (laughs) Uh, not because it does something you want to do, but also because it's going to send the stuff that somebody else's company makes down and make it worth less. So that's fun. Uh, then you do investments. So basically, if you have some money, you're going to do blind bids in money for these cards that everybody has set out. So you may want the card that you set out, right? But the upside is if somebody wor- wins the card with your side in it, They will take your token and now your token could possibly be a CFO or uh, on the board. Is that the office decorations? Uh, No, I already showed uh, uh, Richie the office decorations. I'm now looking at the price (laughs) price to get one in an off market. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I know Andrew said that his buddy paid 200 plus for it. So, okay. Well, listen up. So, so (laughs) I know. 
We're listening, Chad. So this card that you put out, somebody else can buy it with a blind bid, right? But then they get your token into their company. So now you're sitting on their board or you're a CFO. Okay, that will be important later. Now, you get those core cards into your company, they produce stuff, and then you can trade and process stuff. So you can trade money, you can trade the goods that you've made, um, you can put together some of these cards, put together two goods and make something. So you're just kind of like, like almost like pit, like going back and forth. Okay, I got sand. Who else would like some sand? Well, look at how much it is on the market. Well, yeah, but I see you need, you know, you need something else. So I'm going to make it more, you know, and you're just going back and forth. Finally, you do all that and process all that. And then you go to sales. So you can sell stuff to the main board, right? So like if you've made something, like you you put together um, sand and, and something else, like uh, Andrew had a cotton farm. So he had land and something else that he was using to make a, a cotton textile mill, basically. And he would just churn that into the market for lots of money because cotton was worth lots on the market and we couldn't get it to go down very easily. Then you close the books and you have the money from the sales plus money that you traded from anybody else. uh, And that's sitting out there. Then you have to compare it to what you made last year. And if it is more than you made last year, then you're fine. But if it's less, then you move on to the blame game. And the blame game is you have to choose what happens. Like, are you going to, is it the CEO's fault, which would be you, or is it the CFO? But you usually want to blame yourself so that you can get out of the company and then you take like a 40% out of the company. It's like your golden parachute. But that's the nice thing about being in somebody else's company because then that person, if I'm the CFO in in Richie's company, I will blame myself. Oh, I did a really bad job too. I need to take my 20% and leave. I'll see you later, you know? So <laughs> so you get payouts. But then you know, so you're you're kind of doing that. Then you do this thing called work hard, play hard, which is the asset cards. There's a gold one and a silver one, and you have to bid. Now, what's interesting about this is you you have to take some money, your personal money, not your company money, and you bid on these assets. There is every round a minimum that the bid starts at. So we can bid each other up on the gold one and then bid each other up on the silver one. But whoever wins that bid, that's the set price for the next round when there's another gold card. So you could like really up the price for the next person next time. Also, you want to make it so that you can get the silver one too, if you can, because that's worth points as well. Cause that's really the game is having those points off of those two asset cards. The last thing though, that you get to bid on is starting a new company. So it's kind of 18 XXE where you can just get a new company. The other thing is if Richie doesn't get fired from my company, when it it does so horribly, he all of a sudden has to take it over if he's still on my board. So then Richie has maybe two companies he's running. Maybe that's good and maybe it's not, though, um, that, that because he doesn't get the money. Classic uh, splatter fiddliness where I just saw them trying to pick up this sheet of paper that had a bunch of poker chips on it and, ca- and tokens and carefully move it over <laughs> the, the board to the other person. I was like, there has to be a better way to do this, but... Yeah, it was a great game, though, because really what you're doing is you're just trying to make a whole bunch of money in a couple of years. And then when you get that really huge payday, it's very, very counterintuitive. Just when it starts making a crap ton of money is when you want to pull that golden parachute, get out and take that money and then invest it in in assets and then get another company going. Uh, well, the thing I, I thought was awesome about it is at some point uh, Brockman was walking around with like just like a coffee cup or something. I said, aren't you playing? He's like. Yeah. Why aren't you the tail? He goes, 
I don't have a company. I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you literally just don't do anything? <laughs> he got fired. That's awesome. Yes. He, he got fired big time. And then he didn't have, like, that was the thing is only one company can start per round, right? Like, so you that's what you're bidding on. And so he couldn't, you know, he didn't have enough to win the bid to start another company. So that's he what I like, love about Splatter. He was like, you're just not playing? Just not Too playing. bad. But guess what? <laughs> Play he got, better. He got third place. At the end, he got third place because nice. he ended up having three companies at a time. Usually you can only have two companies, but if you take over somebody else's company because everybody else pulled the cord. Wow. Yeah. You sound like you had a good time. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Well, uh, greeting uh, my corporate. name is still written up on the whiteboard. <laughs> I, saw <laughs> I will tell I saw you, that. they're supposed to do a reprint. Now, they're definitely going to have to do a reprint because obviously, as you showed Richie on the phone here earlier, there is some sexism and, and issues with that that you definitely can't have right uh, these days, which... It's, it's kind of abhorrent, well, but I'd more say the $300 would be what would keep me away. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that too, but I'm saying like, obviously when they do the reprint, they'll have to, I fix mean, honestly, that for, stuff that is not nice. for the amount that is going now. I mean, you could, you could put together a copy as it, it was not impressive art or anything like that. You could put together you a copy a for 75 I will say bucks. It's the best. It's the best produced sl splatter though, with the art and everything, because they made it look like you know it, it, it's a it's a <laughs> no. much nicer game. Than, I, I can't agree with that. What would you pick <laughs> over it? A uh, food chain. The art on the food chain cards is a thousand times better than any art or graphic design in that Ooh, game. Oh boy, Chad's look at you. <laughs> That's just silliness right there. That's just because you love food chain. These, no, even if I didn't like food these chain, these had these had good photographs. They had art. Uh, on the board, they had color. There was a nice mixture. You had wood Everyone tokens. Everyone go look at this. It looks terrible. Have you but. seen the the nice taupe looking colors of antiquity. This, they're beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> Nobody's niece drew pictures for this one. I mean, I'm saying it's way better. Uh, I Well, I tell you, if we go to, which we're going, I mean, I'm going, Andrew needs to teach us this game, Richie. I think that's a, that's a must. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, between Adventureland and zombie burger, and greed. We might be won't, able to we won't even have time any, to play 18XX. We'll be all good. <laughs> and then we'll be like, oh, we only have a couple hours. And then we pull out Age of Steam right there. there right there at 18XX Con. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun with this one, Jed. I did. It's, okay. it's a great game. Thank you to Andrew for teaching it. And thank you to Brent for letting him use, use your copy. Yeah, that's. <laughs> For that expensive of a copy, that is uh, really nice. So how do you know that there's a reprint? I mean, Splatter has said this? If or? you go on to the BGG website, there's there's Russell about it. So hopefully it materializes. That's really the question. And cool. Splatter is the one. Because I was like, oh, I mean, because I'm sure Capstone would do that in a second, like what they did with yeah. Bus. Because it is a great, I mean, like, it does not feel like a dated game at all, you oh, know? That's and awesome. It, it would, oh, it was 2009, just to let you know. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank out. you. So, yeah, so about 15 years ago. Yeah, there you go. Nice. All right. Well, you Clough. Well, I'm. I mean, at least I'm guessing at this point. No, maybe not. You didn't even break your because you said you had another game that was like the top played game is your number one. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that is. You want me to go first? Okay, you go first. The Jake played. I think oh, at least seven yep. games of I Guards tried, of, I, of I Atlantis too. About this game, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you don't like this game. If you took away the minis, you just put blocks on there. I think you'd actually like the game. 
That makes sense. And you said uh, these are Gauls yes. and these are Roman. Okay, yeah. If it wasn't on. if it wasn't minions. Hold on. Okay. And I know Jake loves this game, but the first time I played it was six player. And that's a great player count. That was well, my my first play was that six player. Well, okay. Well, Lottie Dottie. <laughs> I just felt like it was very much like a well, here, here's what you're going to do. And then I would be like, okay, I play a card and I do exactly what Jake just told me to do. <laughs> I, you know, I just am not a big team oriented person when it comes to a, a board game. I think that's just what kind of gets me out of it. I mean, that I mean, and all those minis all over the place. You know? Yeah, I think it's the more the minis than anything else. <laughs> I think it's the minis so. because like he'll play, you know, he plays, he loves what? to play on a team when, when it's party games. And yeah, he, well, he party game is entirely different than a like last that. episode. You talked about the La Familia. Yeah, that, that was, you enjoy. I, I said yeah. that was unusual, but okay. because I do feel in La Familia, you're really kind of just doing your own thing. And then you're trying to kind of somewhat win with a partner where, where in guards, I mean, I feel like, I mean, you're always working together to try to eliminate the other team. I mean, I don't know. I, I will agree. La Familia was surprising to me that I liked it okay. being a team game. I just think guards is just not for me just because of the team game. It doesn't have anything. I mean, it's definitely the I'm, minis. I'm, no, it's a thousand it percent not. the minis and the theme. So I don't know, but it's, it's definitely how, in the minis and the theme. How Jake got that thing played 15 times. Well, he was trying amazing. to, he wanted to get a, a 10 player game. So five on five. Yeah. And so he was teaching as many people as he could so that we could get up to the five, uh, uh, five against five and in that five versus five game there was only three new players so <laughs> oh <my laughs> i think that was pretty good <laughs> to get it down that much uh but yeah i, I had a fantastic time I ended up backing it and, and it was slow like I, I ended up playing this three times this was my most played game at the con and and that's why i missed the ready set bet because we played a, a quick four player game which took about 45 minutes um but i ended up i was like yeah i'll just back because the base game is only 60 bucks on game found I was like, ah, I'll just back the base game. And then it was like, well, you, you're going to want the heroes. I mean, the heroes are the thing because you, you get all the different. They all play so differently. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll get one or two hero packs. And then when you look at the cost of shipping and all that and you compare it to just going all in, it's only a hundred dollar difference. And then you get three more hero packs on top of it. So it's like only we're going we're going all in. All, only a hundred dollar difference. Okay. Well, I mean, if you really like the game, you want all of it. <laughs> you can't. I've seen you b purchase things that are just outlandish. As far as I, it, it took all. Thank God, Chad said that they're reprinting greed because I almost bought that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he still doesn't even know how to play the game. Even no, after. No. I don't care. No idea. It's water. water, and it sounded awesome, and. Brockman was sitting there with a coffee cup, couldn't do anything. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, guards was my my number one for sure. Okay, well that's good. I mean, guarantee. I know that uh, we kind of did at uh, you guys took off, but uh, Jake and Tim and Ben and I and uh, Dan, we all went out to dinner, and the forts came with us, and we all kind of did a recap. You know, like what was your favorite game or whatever, and. Uh, obviously Jake was, you know, like hands down was guards. Mm. And then we were doing like your least favorite game. And Jake goes, well, my least favorite game of the con was twilight Imperium four, <laughs> which he goes, which is my favorite game. Right, so that will yeah. show you how much, you know, everything was great. Now the re reason he, that was kind of lower is they didn't get to finish. They started a little late and then obviously that was the last day and they were having to wrap everything up at five o'clock when we were closing down or whatever. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Jake had a great weekend. That's for sure. He, mm. 
He really got that thing played a lot. So I, he should get some type of cut because I know he sold a couple all in pledges that day. So he should. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, well, I, you know, there is no way that my number one is ever going to live up to the status of it was, or that, you know, that the game that we had the first BP con, but I'll still say it still gave me all the feels of that first BP con just in a much shorter time. I mean, it was, it was yes. a very short time. And so I'm still going to give my number one to Dune. It is, it's a great game. And it, when you play with the right people that play it, it just even makes it that much more fun. And I think the thing that really stands out to me is um, when it came time to pick teams again, <laughs> you would think that we would all be like, you know, especially Richie would be like, well, I'm not taking Mason because last year he screwed me or something, you know. And about two seconds into it, Richie had teamed up with Mason. Ben had teamed up with Brian. And Jake and I were stuck with each other because we were both doing terrible. So, and it was like, I, I really like, wanted that redemption. redemption. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted the redemption for me and Mason. And I wanted you to have redemption. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> I was the guessing people, and I had guessed guessed round right. three, yeah. and I had just, I had I had both Richie and Brian as my two choices. I was like, okay, I think if it's a quick victory, and I almost so, I almost tried to team up with Brian because when you looked at yeah. the map, Mason was not the person to pick. It, no. That was purely just on. I wanted to to wanted us to redeem ourselves from last year, because uh, Brian had I think two uh, strongholds. Yeah, and I had one, and I had a ton of people on the map, so I could easily take a second one, uh, which is what I ended up doing, taking a second one. Who yeah. were you? I was the uh, Harkonnen. So, okay. and and I had because Jake, yes, Jake was doing terrible and. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the advanced game as the Harkonnen, when you beat someone in uh, a battle, you also get to capture one of their leaders. And and if you killed the leader that was in that battle, you capture one of their leaders that's not even out there. So by the time we got to the third round, Jake was down to two leaders. And I had both of the traitor cards for those leaders. So I knew I was, and Jake had a stronghold, so I knew that stronghold was mine. I just had to go into battle with him. Um. But yeah, and then me and Mason were like, well, you know what? It did kind of count as redemption because we did really good. We didn't win. And then Clef was like, no, you didn't redeem anything. Even if you would have won, I would have won. So we didn't have a chance. Yeah, have a chance. <laughs> so, but I really thought Richie was going to team up with Brian. And I was like, this is perfect. Brian and I Richie, there's have. no way that they're not going to win. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter if they won as a team. As the, uh, what are their names? I always forget. The Benny Jesuits. Benny Jesuit. Yeah. yeah. You get to win solely, yeah. all by Take yourself. Take it away from And him. I was like, oh, this is going to be so sweet. And then Richie teams up with Mason. And <laughs> Brian and Ben won. And it was fun because I got to reveal because it was like the reveal time. And I was like, round three. You know, yeah, it was like, ah. called the round. But obviously then I was like, I chose Richie. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, did you guys play the advanced game as well? Yes. Yes. Because okay. it's yeah, the first time we played that. Yeah. The Harkonnen one in the advanced game, game last time. Yeah, yeah. Don't even ever play that game. I don't think. No. You, yeah. It's, even because uh, later on, I think Jake played it again with a, a, it was a teaching game. I don't know if everyone was new at the table. I a think couple most of them were. were. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of them were, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I know like Jason was in there. Brian was in there. Yeah. Um, they went the full 10 rounds, I think. Yeah, yeah. they did. They, they won on the the one faction wins if no one else wins. That yeah. was the Spacing, spacing Guild. Spacing yeah. Guild. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I think that was Corey. Yeah. Uh, I think it originally was Brian, Brian Corey, and then... Combo, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
because yeah. it went to like three o'clock in the morning. Right. So Corey Ryan had to take had over. To, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's great because uh, Detroit Dan, who I picked up at the airport, he was he was playing um, in that game, and he had said to me because I knew like I I don't I love it, but I, yeah. I, there are very few games that I get to play back to back enough to teach it well. So I knew like you can't depend on me, on me getting in a game of Dune and teaching all new players. It just wouldn't be a good idea. So he was mm-hmm. like, okay, so it's not what I normally kind of play but i want to play dune at some point i was like you you will there will be plenty of people i probably won't be the one to teach you so anyway he was playing in that second game that went till three in the morning which is probably why he slept in for greeting <laughs> yeah, but anyway <laughs> he uh he he basically i came up to the table i go oh you're playing you're playing i go is this is this a dan game and he goes <sighs> he, he, nodded. he was so irritated by whatever had just happened but he was like it's totally my game but he nice. was so pissed off at the same time it was great uh, yeah nice, you can nice. get screwed and yeah. we and uh jake stained his board or at least his his wife stained his board or a yeah. combination of the two and it, it looked fantastic it was nice yeah it, it looked easy really to nice see the stronghold it was yes. actually it was really nice uh yeah and i mean hey Round three is coming up next year, and you know maybe you and Mason can finally get some redemption. I, I don't think I'm teaming no. up with Mason again. <laughs> <laughs> you learned your lesson. Yeah, I've, I've learned my lesson. Uh, Although if I would have teamed up with Brian, you would have won. So yes. maybe I, maybe I, you know what? You're probably happy because otherwise I'm going to go redemption. I've been the only two-time yes, champion to, to steal the win. That way yeah. is it's yeah. demoralizing, but yeah, fun, uh, but demoralizing. Demoralizing, yeah, for sure. Were there any other so? That's everybody's, but were there any other first plays, uh, like uh, like new to me games that were pretty big? I, honestly, I mean, the only game I think I got taught the entire weekend was Marrakesh uh, and Mino and Mino Dice, right? Yeah, but otherwise, I was, you know, I feel like a lot of times in this car, it's us teaching games, right? So, you know, right. they come and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to learn how to play yeah. Tramways or yeah. Clinic or. You know, all these uh, wonderful, great games, you right. know, that, uh, uh, you know, I did a teaching game of Age of Steam, which was great. We played on Rust Belt. I mean, Richie and yes, I, we played I, it's on been Rust a while Belt since I played time, it. But uh, Kim played, and then we taught two new people. So Brian Hogue. Yeah, Brian Hogue and yeah. Brian Larson. I didn't, Brian I did not realize that Brian Larson had never played that. Yeah, I had not <laughs> like, I was shocked. I need to know how to play this. And I think they liked it. So, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, so. Um, yeah. And so. I know Jim played age of steam for the first time yeah okay uh at the con uh so yeah we had a lot of a lot of, a lot people, of first timers yeah. getting in on age of steam which is awesome so i mean i just i mean i feel like things went well yeah so, yeah i had a yeah. blast i will t- i'm gonna share just because i i, I want to make sure to talk about him um james had a lot of great games that i hadn't been able to play so one of them was an infamous traffic which was uh, uh, another Cole Worley game um, about the heroin tra- uh, trafficking in which that is getting in Asia. a reprint through yes, them through, yes. through Worley gigs. So. Yeah, so and that was actually faster than most of his games. I guess it probably played about the same time as Pax Premier. But man, uh, Dan Detroit Dan and I both got shafted pretty hard, mostly by. Um, Tim was doing it to me because we were both trying to supply heroin and he kept moving in on my, on my supply routes and stuff. It was just, just, yeah, yeah, it was, it was killing me. So there were quite a few times where I had nothing to do, but it was definitely interesting. And then by far, like I think the best freedom and freeze game I've ever played fresh fish, this game. Now this was with the dads on a map uh, community. Uh, I think his name was Kyle. Maybe he had special rules. Cause he played the game like 200 times. So he had like mm. a little bit of a 
uh, messing around with the rules, but it was great. And I'm talking about like, it was the only thing is, is so hard to visualize how these roads go down. Cause really what you're trying to do is you're trying to have money left at the end of the game. And then from the money that you have left at the end of the game, you subtract your, how many roads it takes to get from your supply truck to your stand where you're selling ice. There's like five different things, ice cream, fish, you know, different things. Um, and so it's almost always, unless you have this crazy thing with these rules, it's almost always going to be a negative score. It's just the least negative. So it feels very <laughs> like the estates because again, you're blind bidding for, uh, for placing out certain tiles sometimes. And it was crazy. And Scott, Scott Bird, who came, he was like railing early because we were kind of messing with him and making sure he couldn't set out his stuff really easily. And he's like, this is this is ridiculous. Like this. I've never even played a game this, you know, and he just it was awful for him, but he ended up winning. So (laughs) it it, Fresh Fish was um, an amazing game. I definitely need to get a copy somehow. Um, It was a great game. And someone else in the Slack has talked about that before. I want to say maybe Wesley. Yes, I think Wesley. Yep. Uh, Brent got a copy of it, so I've gotten to play it. Now, I don't know what the variation rules or whatever that make it, but uh, it was a good game. I mean, we enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just really hard to visualize cutting off certain tiles so that you need to place them down like that. I was terrible at it, but uh, yeah, (laughs) really fun. Uh, I did. uh, I taught uh, late night on Saturday night. I taught uh, Scott Bird uh, Small City. And let's just say, uh, not a fan. He was, he was, he was, I think it was late, but he was kind of like, after just listening to rules, he just gave me that look like, what? <laughs> and then I would tell him something and he'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, it was, what? It, was, it was like, what? <laughs> uh, it was, a, it was a little rough, uh, for then him. He, so, then yeah, he won so, clinic the next day in the did. raffle. <laughs> so. and then he came to me and he said, Hey, who? can I trade clinic to around here? Cause uh, I'm not getting this played. And I was trying to tell him, you need to teach James clinic because clinic is amazing. And the kind of games that James likes, I think he would like clinic, but uh, yeah. So maybe I'll have to go down to dome con so I can force James to learn clinic. Maybe that's what there I'll you have go. to do. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it would also be awesome. I mean, I didn't get in on, I didn't get in on greed. I didn't get on infamous traffic. I didn't get in on fresh fish. I didn't get in on, Santiago. Santiago. Well, thank you. Chad picked up Santiago. Thank oh, you. did you? So, yeah. Nice. All right. All right. Anything else? Oh, there are a lot of great games played. A lot of great games. And I will just say games. right now, uh, if I didn't mention a game with you, that doesn't mean I didn't have a great time. I really, like I said, every single person I played with, I had a great time, and yes. I was so thankful that they were there. So yeah. I can honestly say it was a blast, and thanks for making it what it was and I'm, I'm putting it right here on the podcast right now pbcon 2024 i will play a game with steve coddington because for some reason two years in a row i haven't had to play a game with him he's like are you avoiding me i'm like no so i'm putting it out here right now first game i play with steve Conton. it's on the books all right all right okay you heard it here uh we will we'll have dates come out very shortly uh so you know not you know we won't have anybody to be able to get in on it but we'll put the dates out there just so people can start to at least, uh, I mean, I know for it's some planning, you know, yeah, it's not always easy to plan some of these things. So we'll get those out there as quickly as possible. Well, sometimes, unfortunately, we're kind of strapped in the fact that when I go to them, it's like, here are the weekends, you know, and sometimes it's the weekend that we can do it in, in May. And so we're kind of uh, strapped there. But uh, like I said, we'll, we'll have that information soon. So, and 
God, I sure hope everybody that came this year comes back. I mean, and uh, hopefully we can continue to have some more yeah. punch punch that get to come in. And uh, I know uh, Ethan from Canada really wanted to come, and I know mm-hmm. he had an opportunity with his band and, and wasn't, and hopefully he's going to be able to come. And we obviously missed Evan a whole bunch, and hopefully next yep. year he'll be able to make it. So, and I want so. I want Saskatoon Dave to come down, too. Yeah, yes. Saskatoon <laughs> Dave. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh. All right. What else are we do in this episode? I heard we're going to do a review. Are we yeah. doing that still? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Richie's like, uh, we could get cut it right <laughs> Yeah, let's just here. end it here. <laughs> Play the music. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
And then the main other action that you have is the museum. And this is where you can bring your specimens that you have discovered to kind of place them in the museum. And then you're going to get some money and you're also going to get these book points, which these book points then are in-game multipliers. Um, you really kind of just, like I said, it's a re- it's a over and over just placing out workers and getting different stuff, moving your thing. Uh, at the end of the game, you're going to add up all the victory points that you got from, you know, obviously the game, the contracts, and then, um, then this book point multiplier. And at the end of the game, the player with the most victory points is the winner. I'm actually really disappointed in myself. I really had plans on making my whole voice thing and everything for the <laughs> and I've just been so busy at work since I've been back from PBCon. I have just had no time whatsoever mm. to do anything. Probably, probably I told you best. that's the so, only time that he does that. <laughs> yeah. Sitting at his work. So you just get Sounds the boring right. old right. teach. Yeah. So, uh, what, what are you doing here? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well i thought the rule synopsis was pretty good sons voices so yeah, you know, thank you obviously there's a whole bunch more going on but that's that's the basics of the game it's a, you know just a it's a good solid worker placement game um so starting off i mean art and uh components i mean uh what i mean let's talk about rubber stamps i mean <laughs> I, I've come around on onto oh. your side, Clef. Whoa! <laughs> my because I, I punched out my copy, and we all got the because you also backed it, right, Jen? Yeah, yeah. So we all have the deluxe version, which came with. So you have these seals, and in the just retail edition, they're just going to be punch board seals. Mm-hmm. In the Kickstarter deluxe version, you have they're rubbery. They're supposed to look like wax seals, and they do. They look fantastic. My is also very sticky. Like mine are very sticky. So, and they're yeah. supposed to just go into a bag where you can draw them out. But it's like, you know, you know, when you have the, you get a plate of nachos uh-huh. and you, someone t- tries to take one chip and they take the whole plate. That's exactly what happens with these. I love when that happens though. That's so <laughs> exciting. You don't know if you're going to get like one nacho or five. Uh, <laughs> actually with nachos. Um, yes, I agree. That's fantastic. Not um, so much with these. Can you, Tell her to not eat all the nachos <laughs> with all the meat on them. You want me like, to go over there and tell her not to eat the nachos? I, I want just seals. Okay, like just seals. All right, sorry. And yeah. it, it could have easily just been hard plastic, and they would have yeah. still looked very nice, and it would have been much easier to mix them around and take out the number that you need. Yeah, yeah. so I understand. I don't know, but I, I mean, I like, I like, I like that they went for it, but it didn't work. Yeah, I think Jason Brent said just mix them with some baby powder or something. I'm like, okay, but if I've got to mess with my components to make them work, I don't know. And then know, you have so. baby powder all over you. Again, <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Why is there baby powder in your bag? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I thought uh, the iconography and the quality of everything um, was was great uh, to me. Now, the board looks really busy, but it kind of has to, and it doesn't it, – it quickly – uh, does not become intimidating. I also like your little lenses that you get yes. uh, in the deluxified yeah. version. And that what's really nice about those little wooden lenses, um, because I don't know if we talked about this, but there is a place where you can set down a lens uh, on on further spots to kind of make that your spot. And then if somebody else goes there, you pay uh, they pay you a coin. Or actually, the, the supply pays you a coin. The bank does. But... 
anyway, you are have more, even more of a feeling of this is my thing that I'm doing. This is my mm-hmm. makeup. Not only do I have these workers that I'm specializing in my own way, but I'm also putting out my spots. You have to pay when you put out a lens, but then even without putting out a guy, you get to take the action. So it's it's really nice and it's kind of a way to get around having to do some of the um, planning with your, your seal sometimes. But yeah. regardless, the quality of the lenses kind of adds to that feeling of ownership that, that feels nice, I think. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I I mean, the components are, I mean, obviously I can't, the deluxe compared to what is in the basic, I don't know, except for I'm sure the lenses are, you know, just rather cardboard. 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 Yeah. But, uh, um, but I mean, it's, it's nice. It's good. It looks good. I will say, I mean, just, I mean, this is being very nitpicky. I did have some people when I was teaching them, the island can sometimes be a little bit like unsure of which way you're going because oh, the yeah, arrows yeah, yeah. are not dark enough where, cause it's kind of blended in. Mm. And so sometimes people were like, Oh, I'm going to go. And you're like, Nope, you have to, you went the long way. Now you have to go, you know, you can't just go back. So I, a little bit, you know what I'm saying? This is very minor. Now I have never played on the map because you know, you know what, Hey, you know what sells me for a game right now? <laughs> a beautiful play mat. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably spent way too much money on an extra play, play mat. mat yeah. I'm mm. making fun of Richie's for an extra hundred dollars on heroes. I'm <laughs> play mat. Um, but the play mat, um, which is double-sided, you know, which we'll talk about the other side here in a moment, but um, it, it just, it's a little hard to tell sometimes on that. So I will say that's one thing I wish they would have been a little more crisp with. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. That those arrows are very tiny. Right. Yeah. I, the, the biggest thing I had a problem with, honestly, were the temporary seals and the purple seals. Because you could see what the iconography was on those, but if you got the souped-up version, you had, like, the face. And so in the rules manual, I it, it was throwing me off where, okay, is this a temporary seal or is it the purple seal? So yeah, I don't that know. was just you, Chad. I, don't I think that was just you. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody else. Well, they're both purple. <laughs> they, are, they are both purple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, agreed. They are both purple. <laughs> Otherwise, they look nothing the same and none of the actions that – Get them look the same. So, but that's okay. All right. Hey, <laughs> we're talking about what we had problems with, Chad. So yeah. good for you. All I'm, right. I'm there to support you. Uh, but for right. the most part, I'm with Chad. The production's fantastic. Yeah. Just the the wax seals. Are, yeah. Don't work. But. I'm, I've I've put them in a baggie and I'm not using them. And in fact, and Jason Brent agreed. You know, he was not using his. He, he we were just using the the cardboard ones, which to me were just were just fine. So I, I will will not be using the the rubber ones ever. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, what is next? We got uh, rule book. No, uh, I haven't read the rule book one time, so I can't tell you. Uh, Joe Farrell has taught it. Yeah. So Farrell taught me, yeah. you know, before the uh, yeah. Kickstarter finished, he right. taught us on uh, TTS. Uh, so, yeah, I've never read the, the rule book. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. So, good. Uh, you right. did? Okay. Yeah. So, except for you couldn't tell the difference between a temporary and a regular purple. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> so, okay. All right. The rule book. Oh, my God. I mean, is it's thick. Like, <laughs> it's a book. I mean, because you got the regular rules, and then they got the solo rules, which are substantial. Got, because uh, I think uh, Turchy uh, oh, did, did the, solo, the solo. I believe. I believe. Yeah. I I don't think any of us have tried the solo no. yet. No. Um, and then then there's like four or five different module expansions that you can put into the game that came with it. Yes, too. and so those are all added in, in the back of the same book. rule book. Yeah. So yeah, I was surprised when I saw the thickness of the rule book because yeah. it. I mean, it's. 
it's like a medium heavyweight game, but once you get going, it's, it's very not, simple. It does like, not it's not, feel. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not not complicated. No, sure. I would say uh, honestly too, like that. The great thing, part of the reason that that rule book is thick, and and it is a good rule book, is it has tons of examples. So there are a lot of photos, well, and goes. I really appreciate okay, that. That's good. That's mm -hmm. a that's a good thing. Uh, Splatter, take note. Okay. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> they say why you're still going to buy our games. Okay. Good call. That's very right. true. Um, okay. So then uh, rolling right into, uh, I mean, just gameplay. Let's just get into it. So, uh, Chad. Well, I mean, what's your feelings on the gameplay here so far? I mean, there's nothing that's really that different. Uh, I think the big hook that you talked about, right, is that you've got these these characters or people that you're trying to soup up in your own way. So um, one of my friends is like, I want to play a worker where... I want to play a worker placement game where every worker does something different. Like there's... And this is kind of that, right? Like you... To a certain extent, they have to have these seals. So you're like, this dude is my explorer dude has to has to do that action because they've got that seal or and then you start souping him up to do the uh, other things where they get the characters on the card. So it kind of feels that way. And you can tell if you wanted to, you could tell a story about each one and why they are specializing in what they're specializing in. The other thing I really appreciate is this game could have been and we've ever we've played other games by Nestor Mangoni. Um where it's just been straight tracks, tracks on tracks. And they made this island. You can go a couple different ways around. Th these islands and the boat stuff could have easily been, just move up this track. It's a ship track, trust me. Mm -hmm. Just move up this. And you know. And this feels like I'm going around on this island. I'm going to beat you, but I'm going to get this specimen. You know, it, Just a little bit of extra theme put in, a little bit more creativity, and I really appreciate that. I just, sometimes I don't like naked tracks you know like i i want some creativity put in and, yeah, and this has I that i don't mind a naked track every once in a while but you know i agree with you that the the it works with the theme very well because i mean that's probably about it as far as like the theme really being integrated into it is that ex right exploring the different islands and moving down that that track and but i mean you still have the pressure much like like the emperor track in uh, grand officer hotel where you need it to be at a certain level when it comes time to end the round uh so i, I like that a lot I, I like the specialized uh workers and i always like a game uh where you you're making more actions available and you're the one who who does it so like in you know lords of water deep i mean that's i wish that was done more in games where you can bring out more action spaces and it's you know determined by the players at the table so uh but yeah i mean it, it is a solid solid euro and it has feels of their other games i would say too the way we just talked about it like beyond the sun if you remember beyond the sun you had a tech tree this doesn't do it in that same way of the tech tree right but it but you are your um workers are your technologies so to speak right so like you are using them to go out and do certain things on the board and when you put lenses out that's a new technology you're introducing for everybody to be able to take so, you know, I, I think you can kind of typify it that way. And for me, I mean, I, I I love that there was player interaction shooting your ships in Beyond the Sun, but the rest of it was not interesting to me and felt very bland. I'd rather play this. So that's, you know, that's a testament to some of the game design there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first few times I played this, I did terrible at it because I just couldn't quite wrap my head around how do I kind of get this and do everything and I do think it's a game that eventually, once you kind of realize, okay, because uh, 
at least in my opinion, I think it's all about the seals. You got to start getting those seals quickly mm. and start trying to soup you your soup your guys up because when you start getting them into uh, like they're called silver certified and then gold certified, you'll get extra bonuses and you'll get extra things and like especially like with the uh, boat track and the and the island track, if you get up to a gold one, you can stop and do two things while you're going to do it. So which is really huge, um, and and I so I feel like there's you know. A lot of euros, you know, the moment I first play them, you know, it's like, okay, I understand this. I don't even need to play it again because I just get it. Where this one, I feel like it takes a little bit of a learning curve to mm. kind of understand it. Uh, and, well, I'll tell you, this is one thing I didn't talk about in the con. This was the the steal of the con for me. Remember, if you remember way back at one point, I said on the Slack, I said, all right, the first person to say something, name a game, I'll play that game with them at PPCon. And Chad C was boom in there with terraforming Mars, like a <laughs> shot. Right. And I was like, all right, I'll play terraforming Mars. Well, as we all know, it's hard to get in all the games that you want to get in. And we had had a game set up to play. I think it was PC and Jason and me to play Darwin's journey. And I was like running out of time. So I said to Chad C, I said, Hey, you want to learn Darwin's journey, right? And he's like, yeah, I do. I said, how about instead of playing terraforming Mars, we play Darwin's journey. And he said, okay. And I was like, yes. <laughs> unfortunately, Chad did not have a good time no, playing it's not the his game. type of game. He, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it has some parts of what Chad likes, but I think, like I said, I think it was very tough to kind of get going early when you don't understand necessarily the game. And, and I'll tell you, cause I, I wondered about this and, and then I, I came to a realization, but in this game, everybody starts with $4. And one of the big things in this game is, is when you go to a diary that somebody else has already been to, including yourself, you have to pay $2 to the bank to be able to go to these spots. So money is very tight. And I was like very surprised that like, you know, there's not like a, you know, second player gets this and third player gets this and fourth player gets more money. But then I started to think about, if you think about all of Luciani's designs in Newton, you don't get any extra money, whether you go first or set or last barrage, no extra money. Um, you know, Lorenzo, I mean, obviously with the new player powers, but it used to be, you know, yep. no extra money. So, I mean, I think that's just one of those things that maybe it's just a thing he doesn't believe in that, you know, I mean, I mean you go play a Feld game, you know, you're going to get extra money mm. or even a Fister game, you know, you're going to get extra money as you go down the road where that's just something he just doesn't do. You just deal with it, figure it out. I will say though, you will get money if you go take an objective or if you go to the, the first player spot. So you're going to get money from there and, and uh, you you're incentivized to go do something else that not the thing that, and and then come back to it. If you know, you're going to have to pay it anyway, you know, like it's, it's like if, if Richie went there, then I don't need to go there because I'm going to have to pay anyway, regardless. So then. And I, and I will, you know, go into player count here in a moment, but I will tell you this, that I think actually three players is the toughest version of this game. Because you, in a four-player game, you split the the diaries up. So there's actually four spots of the main ones that you can go to. Where in a three-player game, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. So the moment somebody goes to one of the diaries and the one that goes to the other one, the third player is like, okay, well, I'm either going to have to go get you know money or do something else, or I'm going to have to spend two bucks right away, or they could go do a lens or whatever. But I'm just saying, if they want to go do one of those regular actions, they're already in a spot where they have to spend two bucks. And for people that are worried about scaling, uh, when you play two player, it's three. So 
yes, it's not uh, split up, and and so you still have that, but then you have to pay three dollars, so it's a little mm. bit more expensive. But oh, you but, do? Yep. Oh, whoops. <laughs> hey, you didn't read the rule book. That's fine. Uh, true. I, didn't read the rule book. I, have no idea. <laughs> I will say too that uh, it, it is interesting because um, when you when you uh, go to certain spots and you have to pay that three dollars, there is a, a when you do the recipes, you can take a spot on your on your player board and just mm. make uh, make it every spot you go to is one coin less. So that might be something that you want to do. Or, you know, uh, Richie talked about the penalties you pay at the end of round scoring if you're lagging behind on the ship track, getting your boat up the river, and you only have a max of minus two points. So you can decide to do that later if you want, which is nice. One of the things in this game are these contracts. So you can get these contracts, and there's like a silver contract and a gold contract. And you can only have two of them off to the side. And then otherwise you just have to put one in the thing, which I didn't find that to be all that big of a deal because it was like, I no. know which ones I want to go to. And, and Chad said the thing about there's one that says you only have to pay a dollar as opposed to $2. That's like the first one you do mm-hmm. every single time. I mean, like I don't even, there's not even a thought process about doing a different one. So, which is, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, I mean, that's going to be in games. There's going to be a spot that's like, okay, that's just the best one. And then after that, you know, then it kind of depends. Because obviously the gold ones are better for the most part than the silver ones. Yeah, because you know? it's 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 nice. One of the options is it's nice to have a lot of money right early in the game. So I played a game today, for example, where it just so happened that I was able to go seal, 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 seal. Like heavy seals, get all my characters uh, at, at, by the end of the game uh-huh. and um, I had money too so I went and my very first gold objective I finished I paid $5 and I took the extra worker now that worker doesn't have any seals but you can use the temporary seals for them or take sure. the actions that don't require seals like the museum and stuff like that so right, right. so uh, so that was a really nice action rich game for me it felt like but yeah you, you there are di- there are different thought processes based on how far into the game you are to take some of those things but you yeah. know some are definitely help, more helpful yeah i think it does a great job of have you have different paths that you can go down and there's different ways you can try it. and i i i think that that helps as far as not giving those uh, players you know second player third player extra money cuz they you got just got to go figure out something else yeah right. exactly uh, yeah. I, I mean i don't mind that I, I do agree that that's a nice i mean it's just you've got to go figure it out and i and I will, like, if I ever played a four-player, when I would play a four-player game, if I go last, I think I would just go right away and make a seal because I might as well spend $4 or a lens. I'm sorry, not lens, a seal. Yeah. A lens. I would make a lens and just go take one of the actions as opposed to paying half my money to just do a an a inferior action. action. Yeah, yeah I, would mind, I, I would just throw it all, um, you know, or potentially, I mean, maybe there's a contract that you'd want to go grab and you could do that, but... I think just trying to get a lens probably would be your best bet, you know, in a four player game, depending on how you're doing. So, yeah. All right. So, um, so I think we've kind of talked a little bit about player count. So unfortunately none of us have played solo yet, so we don't really have mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. a thought process there. Um, have I've played this at two, three and four, um, three and four for me. Okay. I don't, I mean, two player, Obviously, I didn't play by the correct rules, so I mean, I guess I can't speak to it. I would three dollars <laughs> per thing, but um, I don't know. Three or two seem like a little bit of like okay. There's not as much like oh, are they going to get this thing on the island or you know the boat thing? Where when you got up to more player counts, it was a lot more like 
congested on the island of trying to figure out where to, you know, what to get. So it's still a race because you can't get all the points, you know, when somebody crosses a thing on the island and there's less, there's less of the animals to find on the island because you, you don't put as many of those counters out. So, um, and so some are already in the museum in a two player game. Right, right. So the only, the only detriment I think is if somebody doesn't go as hard into it, the book track means just a smidge less because it's, you know, you have to add two to however many rows are filled in in the museum. And so one of the games I had, there was only one row filled in in the museum in a two-player game. So uh, so that makes it a little bit less. But, I mean, I, I happened to get up there to, like, 11, you know. So it's still, it's 33 points. Sure, that's that's sure. a lot of points, yeah, you know. Yeah, but but it, it, it does make a little bit of a difference. I will say, though, that it feels really snappy at two, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I, that. I would say three was my sweet spot that, i think that that because you, you have the tighter action spaces right and the the four players went a little longer sure. than i would like agree if there's a bad if there's a best player count for me it's three as yeah. well i would have to agree with you guys i think that three was is probably the best one there so. however like i said if you're mostly going to play this game at two it's still a very good game all right so rounding out with uh variability and replayability richie i mean uh, how do you feel about the variability in this well, like I said, I, it's a game that I think you're going to get better as you play it. Now, I'm not, I'm nowhere near, you know, an expert at the game or anything like that. So I, I still have uh, variability wise or replayability wise, it's still there for me. Variability, um, I mean, it, you, you're doing kind of the same thing. Like it, it does have that feel of like Grand Austria Hotel in the sense that, yes, we are doing the exact same thing. Like every game, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's still enjoyable. Uh, it's not, you know, not that high on variability, but the replayability for me is there with the, you know, being able to in, actually improve and get better at the game. Sure. All right. What about you, Chad? I think, honestly, I know that you're doing the same thing, but because the, it, like so many of Luciani's games, the board set up to some extent, uh, meaning the variable goals and stuff determine like what's worth going for in a certain game. I think this with like Fireland expansion, the time track side of the board, which Clef, hopefully you'll talk about in a yep, second. Yep. I, I, I think the variability is super high for this, like super high. It's probably one of the most um, uh, that we've reviewed, in my opinion. That's that's just me. And replayability, I, I mean, for me, um, this is not a game that I feel I've gotten everything out of yet, uh, and I would be happy to play many, many more times as far as replayability goes. It's not one of those where I feel like even though there's the potential to feel like you're doing the same thing, that the decisions don't feel um, as important. It's not one of those. It still feels important to me what I'm doing every time, and I still feel engaged. So, uh, so, so I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, so I think I've played this gosh, either six or seven times. I probably, you know, I probably didn't count that play that we played on TTS all those years ago. Uh, but it, it was starting for me, at least it was getting a little samey because it was like, you know, like I said, once I kind of cracked the code, I realized, okay, this is kind of how you go. And so then it's like, okay, then afterwards, it's just kind of, kind of supplementing those actions, you know, of, okay, am I going to go, you know, put stamps up there for this? Um, one thing I'll say that makes it different a little bit is you do have the, I hesitate to say the barrage type goals, but you have the every round goals that are different each game. So it might be like, a, oh, 
Well, I'm going after the, you know, the feathered animals or whether, because you're going to score points for those. So that mm. does have a little bit of a difference. Um, however, the one thing that really did change the game for me is um, I finally got to have a play with the other side of the board, which has this time track on it. Okay. And not only is it, you have this time track, but then the, the, uh, the islands are all different. There's new paths and everything like that. And this has like little adventures that you can go on. So whenever you uh, take the move, uh, either you, well, it could be the boat or the, your adventurer. If you pass one of these tokens, you draw a card and you usually will have two choices and it will say, it usually will have a certain amount of time to do something and then a less amount of time to do something, you know, less. Um, and then you can choose which one you want to do. The one that usually has the less time that doesn't have as, as good of an ability lets you actually collect this token. So now if anybody goes over that, they don't get it. So it's no longer just pass that line to get a point or whatever, like it used to be. It was like pass these lines to do these adventures. Um, but if you do the better action, then the token stays there. So then somebody else could come along still and snatch it up. Um, but when you take this time, you go down this time track, you start to get penalties of where you're at on the time track. Hmm. So um, it might be you get one less movement when your boat, when you get a, a boat movement or one less movement with your Explorer when you get an Explorer movement. So if you literally get one movement with your boat or your Explorer, you get nothing, you know, you just lose out on it. So, um, and then there was something else you had to, I can't remember what the other thing was like a, maybe something with the seals or something, but um so that was interesting on, you know, you had to kind of, you didn't want to be too penalized, but obviously those, those things that you could get were really good. So you kind of wanted to take that. Um, and then you also, like I said, if you collected these tokens at the beginning of the game, you get a little card. If you collect no tokens by the end of the game, you're going to lose 10 points. And then if you collect only one, you're going to lose six points and so on and so on. And then you can obviously, if you collect enough of them, you can score a bunch of points. So it was like a, it wasn't like a, oh, we just threw this on here now. And if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. It's like a, you kind of had to do it. You kind of had to get out there and try to get these tokens because they not only were they really good to kind of jump, you know, do stuff for you, but you had to do them. So you were not losing points at the end of the game and potentially gaining points. So I liked the time track a lot. In fact, I mean, I don't feel like I would play the game without the time track now. It yeah. I know Jason had said that yeah. that was his favorite way to play. Yeah. Um, we did throw in one other expansion was like the animal companions expansion. Mm. I got an octopus as my animal companion. So, which, you know, <laughs> Hey, um, they're but, smart. Yeah. You could but use handsy. it just, uh, <laughs> very, handsy. very, handsy. uh, you could just at any point in the game, you could just use it and it just had like a one of time ability that you could use on it, which was fine. It was just like yeah. a little extra something and something you're like, Oh, I really need to do this now. Boom, I could do this. So I, I kind of like the animal expansion part of it too. So is there a way, because uh, I haven't played this side of the board, is there a way to get your time back up? Oh, yes, 100%. Sorry, yeah. Uh, passing certain things, there'll be uh, places where these, we didn't talk about tents, but you can take these tents off and it will be like a gain two time and, you know, all hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. In fact, the fourth, um, and there's, they actually have, and I didn't realize this, but they have scenarios that you can set up that will tell you where, which things to put. I've just always been just doing it random until that game. And it, this one had the fourth, um, what am I trying to say? The objective, the fourth objective was you got two points for wherever you were on the time track. 
So I was like it like 10 on the time track. And so I got like 20 points out of it. However, that would have been worth negative 15 points if I was there at the end of the game. But by the last of the round, you know, I was able to boom, shoot my all wave. And I think I was all the way, I like, like lost one point or something in the game. So yeah, you've got ways to kind of go back and forth. And there's those, uh, we didn't talk about them, but there's those character cards you get at the beginning of the game where you can try to, like, it will tell you this person needs three yellow and two green. And if you get three yellow and two green on one person, you get to do an, an ability or whatever from that uh, thing. And one of those, I think on mine was like gain four time back or something. So it was great. I nice. mean, like just waited until after I'd gotten my points for it and then flipped it back up there. So, yeah. So uh, I definitely feel like that that's going to give it some, you know, variability and a little bit of a replayability. I wouldn't necessarily for me, I don't know if I would call it high. I mean, it is, it's a worker placement game, plain and simple. I mean, that that is what the game is, and I think it's done very well. I don't know if anything's super innovative about it, but I do think it's, you know, I I, I think it's interesting, the ghosts. <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean, I do think that they've. it's interesting what they have done with it, and I think it's good. I just think that it's – I can see this one being a couple of years down the road. I don't think it's going to have, like, legs like Grand Austria Hotel or, you know, certainly Barrage. So it, my thought at this moment, so. All right. But well, I thought the same thing about Arc Nova. So what do I know? So, <laughs> well, it didn't have legs for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, we ready to rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So on Point Forward Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. All righty, let's do it. I'll get us started. You're gonna start us off. What do you? Um, think? I enjoyed this quite a bit, it, but. It's. I think it's actually. I don't, it hurts it as far as when we got it because then we went to PPCon and I played like some of my favorite games. So it's like you get that wall of great greatness, and then we got to come and review this. I. It's a four for me right now. It's something that I think could easily get up to a five uh, later on, especially when I have not played any of the expansions. The time one sounds very interesting. I do want to try that out. I like everything in here. It's just. You know, it's in other games as well. So, and this one can run a little long for what it is. Uh, but I'm coming in at a four. Okay. All right. You want to go chat or you want me? Sure. Yeah, I'll go. go for it. Uh, so this was, this was hard because I was thinking about this and what we've rated recently and then how this would fall, right? Um, I like this better than Woodcraft. Uh, me okay. personally, I like this better than Woodcraft. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a low five. And, and that's what the caveat because I gave Woodcraft a four. That's with the caveat that um, I think it's not as good a game, for instance, as John Company, which I also gave a five, but a very high five, too. It's just the the bad thing about John Company was that it was, to me, a situational game. Like, I'm not always going to feel like playing John Company, but when I want to, it hits the dang spot. But this game, I, I think, for me... Um, the trappings are part of what make this a good game. So it's it's not just the design; it's the trappings of it. It's uh, it's the presentation, it's uh, the theme, it's all of those things together that kind of make it for me. Because um, it, it just it, it's a very pleasant game. I don't enjoy it at four, but I really, really, really enjoy it at two and three. Uh, so it it gets a five for me. Wow! I mean, okay, that's that's awesome. I forgot uh, that you liked Woodcraft less than us. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Which, <laughs> which is, is odd. Really weird. Yeah. Um, but you like it more than Joe Farrell does. So, um, 
You know, I like this game. I mean, I, I, I really do. And I mean, every time that I've played it, it's one of those things that after I get done, I'm like, okay, next time I want to do this and try this way, you know, type of thing, which is a sign of a good game when you start to think of it that way. I will say, though, even with the time track, you know, the, the last game I played, it was like, a, okay, I, you know, it's it's a worker placement game. It's not anything that is super special in that sense. And where I enjoy that, it is definitely one of those things now where, um, you know, two years ago, I think I would have given this thing a six two years ago, or, you know, for what it does. Um, but now... I'm just looking for something, you know, I'm looking for, you know, horseless carriage, you know, I'm looking for greed, you know, incorporated. I'm, I'm those are the games that <laughs> I think I'm played green. Well, I don't care. I'm it's a, already a six I'm, for you. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to like it better. Um, so I, I really think that if I gave this a four in, in a year's time, it would a hundred percent be a three. So I'm just going to say a three right now. I'm, I'm going to give it a three. It's good. And if you like worker placement games, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game for you. For me, I just, I just can't, I just can't give it a four just simply because I just don't think it's going to have very much legs. I, I think it's going to kind of, uh, uh, Peter out here. I probably should sell my play mat to Jason Brent. Cause he was very sad that he didn't get it. So maybe I, maybe I should do that sooner and later. So, <laughs> Could be. but anyways, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm going to give it, a, I'll give it a high three. Is that, Good. Sure. There you go. right, I'll give it a yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that is Darwin's journey. Uh, Richie gives it a four provisionally with the possibility to move up to a five. I've got a low five and Clef, Clef gives it a high three. <laughs> and that's Darwin's journey. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I think, you know, I think it's going to be, I have a feeling about this. I have a feeling that PBCon kicked off con season i think and and it's going to be a good summer i think it's going to be a really good summer i mean i think just in general it, unless you're like a royals fan or a yankees fan it's going to be a good summer <laughs> <laughs> hey royals have won uh four out of their last five i'm on a happy high right now all right so, well uh, there you, you go know, granted it's the terrible white Sox in, in oakland but that's okay i'm gonna take it i don't care <laughs> uh yeah i mean what do we, we've got uh so we got 18 DSM coming up. Yep. We've got be uh, potentially we might head down to DomeCon, which mm-hmm. I mean, sounds like a great con that they've got going down there. They yeah. got similar thing than what we did where they've got yep. a retreat center and all the food and everything's included. So it sounds cool. Age of Steam Con like, is going to be at the same place, I think. Same location. So yeah. is, is that, yeah. I wondered yep. about yes. that. Yep. So, yep. oh, I got to tell my wife, I got to go. I got to say, I got to go down there and check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See what's, what's going on. So, um, but yeah, so we got that. Um, what about, uh, are we going to origins, Chad? Well, I, I was told no by you. Oh yeah. Okay. Just checking. Uh, <laughs> you can stay with my parents. There you go. <laughs> yeah. They let there you go. sleep in the basement. You know what? Your mom is great, by the way. Your mom is like always like <laughs> oh. the first to like, like a post oh, when on it, stuff. When I was in Africa, she was like, you know, uh, Chad and Clef, they played some game. They played it twice. It's about robots. And I was like, oh, okay. I love her. She's so great. She's keeping up more on the podcast she than I am. Your, your parents are fantastic. That you know what? Awesome. I just might do that. I might be, I'm going to take over your place. I'm going to be the, their favorite son. There you go. You yeah. right. Chad's a better Richie. All right. All right. Let's say it right now. We'll plan for Origins 2024. How okay. All right. For sure. All right. I like All that right. idea. So, All right. right. Let's All do right. it. Tell, I like it. Tell 
Richie's parents were coming. All right. right. Here we go. I'll let them know. So, all right. Columbus or bust. There we go. Can we fly? No, I'll drive. (laughs) Guess what? I'll drive and you can sit in the passenger side and fall asleep to Jennifer Aniston movies. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) I did that in the car. I think he he prefers to do that while he's driving. (laughs) I I do not. I got us home. Listen, he like falls asleep driving and we're not in a Tesla. It's a problem. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listen, did you guys get to see that Jason Brent photo with like the glass roof or whatever? Okay. I'm the only one. Hey, punch, 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 punch. We love you. Have a great con season kicking it off. Uh, Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. All right, we'll talk about it when I get home. Uncle Dave's not over, is he? Good, I freaking hate that.